it doesn't matter how many layers something has. If it's made of glass, you can see right through it. We're talking Glass Onion, a Knives Out Mystery, today on Struggle Session. What a title. What a title. Glass Onion, a Knives Out Mystery. Struggle session. I am Leslie Lee the third. As always, I am joined by Jack Allison. Jack, how's it going? Pretty good, Leslie. You know, you can you can see through glass, uh, and you also don't want to eat it. You know, so so a glass onion for a couple reasons doesn't sound so good. We'll get into our topic of, in a bit. We gotta handle the the basics first, Jack. Everyone, thank you so much for subscribing to us yes. and listening on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Thank you so much for all of our new subscribers. We got a ton, Jack, for wow. our latest episode about the best and worth, worst uh, best and worst movies of 2022. Got tons and tons of good feedback, Jack. One person said uh, when you were talking about the uh, Judd Apatow film that he had hater energy and he loved to hear it from you as well. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm always glad to help someone express their inner hater. So that, that's really nice to hear. Thank you so much to all our new subs. Yes, thank you. And thank you all for subscribing. If you haven't yet, please check it out at patreon.com slash struggle session or sesh.plus or struggle session.substack.com to get tons and tons of bonus episodes and listen to the public episodes ad free but jack we got some old business to handle some things we gotta you know check up on some things uh -oh. some things we said were gonna happen i mean this is the new year we usually mm -hmm. do a new year predict predictions episode we may do one uh this year but I, I think we've actually grown too powerful and i'm afraid to do it because i we got one 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 good old business business one bad old business uh-oh Let's let's do the good one first. Yes, let's start with good. Let, let's report that, yes, Avatar, The Way of Water, has broken into the top ten box office of films. Bye-bye, Last Jedi. Bye-bye, Avengers, Age of Ultron. Uh, it, you know, uh, yeah. The Avengers is about to be leaked, Frog. Bye-bye. It's easily going to get to at least spot number six. On the all-time list. Oh, it's 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 like it's two million behind Avengers. It's gonna beat Avengers by like the afternoon. I'm gonna I might go see it today just to do my part <laughs> to beat Avengers. I might see it for like fourth time today just to help. Just, just want to check off that box. What's so funny about all that is like I feel like a year ago when we said that people like really scoffed about that, but now the way people act about it is like, oh yeah, that was inevitable. I'm like, just a year ago, you all <laughs> were rolling your fucking eyes, but whatever. That's what it means to be a soothsayer. That's what it's like to have the lathe of heaven. So whatever, it's fine. And this is one I've been saying for a while. I said very explicitly on our episode uh, last month about the Vince McMahon documentary. This is the bad business, Jack. The bad uh -oh. business. Vince McMahon isn't coming back, isn't making moves to come back. He is back in charge of the WWE. Not that he ever really left. But he is like officially he's kicked two people off the board. He's brought in his own people. He's back as executive chairman. They've put out a press release. It is a done deal. We uh, we said it was going to happen. It happened. I didn't want it to happen, obviously. But here we are. Oh, well, you know, this is why you shouldn't predict things sometimes. Let's see. You know, this is the danger of prediction. Getting in to our show for today. I am so happy to have someone who who usually usually has pretty good predictions too, an insightful eye for media, cutting through the bullshit, seeing through the glass onion <laughs> of champagne sharks. Coming on struggle session for maybe the seventh or eighth time. Happy to have him on it. Absolutely any time. 
Trevor, how's it going? Pretty good. Pretty good. Did you guys see an interview with Ryan Johnson and David Sims? No, I didn't. I saw his weird article about how he's not going to make a, his interview about making a Knives Out Muppet movie. But no, I didn't see the Sims interview. Anyway, it's an interesting. It's a pretty, pretty interesting um, piece because he's just a. I, I don't know. He really kind of annoys me. I, I can't explain it. I don't know why. He just really annoys me. And and it's like he has a wife, Karina Longworth, who has a great podcast. She does. It's yeah. so amazing. Like, it's, it's so a great good. podcast. Yeah. She's a great researcher, great film, you know, historian. And she really is great. Because I feel like she's very earnest. And he's just got this kind of smug smirkiness toward movies that I just like. I'm just I can't square that circle. I just find it very uh strange. I don't know. I also find Ryan extremely annoying. Um and that's even aside from the quality of his films, which I think are mostly not good, you know, and I and I agree with you that I think there is a kind of like cockiness or something that I think I think it comes from him being such a beloved social media director and him spending so much time on social media that this is kind of like a a closed circuit, you know, like a reinforcing feedback loop where he really thinks he's that good. Um, but I, I really do find him very annoying. One of the things um, he tweeted out about this movie was that he got to direct a scene from a swimming pool and he took a little picture of himself with like standing like waist deep in the pool with like the video monitor and the sunglasses and stuff like that. And I'm like, number one, that's such an annoying thing to make all your crew and actors deal with is you like calling cut and action from the pool. Number two, having someone take a picture of you doing it so that you can like put it on Twitter. It's just, it's it's it it really is like such a it does feel like a little encapsulation of what feels so annoying about Ryan Johnson. He's what I call a, a ukulele person. I don't I don't know like just <laughs> he just seems like he listens to like ukulele covers of pop songs or just like really twee ukulele music. Like and Knives Out feels like a ukulele person trying to suppress their tweeness, but it's still kind of <laughs> leading in there like he's like he's not trying to make a tweet mystery i don't think he is but i just think it's so in his dna it can't help feeling a little smirky cutesy all the yeah. time it's in the dialogue and in the way the characters are like we'll get into this movie there's even some stuff structurally that i was like do I would I would I like this if all the characters weren't super fucking annoying and saying shit balls and and all this kind of like internet stereotype kind of if they weren't just internet stereotype characters like would I like the sort of folding it on itself structure but I I just can't get over how fucking obnoxious and like TV like yeah. all the dialogue and characters are I say I, I I say maybe it's time to get into the movie <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> Uh, the foghorn leghornness of it all. <laughs> then you, I mean, for God's sakes, is this is this movie? Are we supposed to take this movie seriously? I I will I will say Leslie on, on the foghorn leghornness of it all that I do think Glass Onion outdid Knives Out at having a character who had a worse Southern accent. Uh, I think Janelle Monet manages to top um, Benoit Blanc uh, with an even worse fake Southern accent uh, than Benoit Blanc's completely embarrassing Foghorn Leghorn accent. It's like they're both bad in different ways because I feel like Daniel Craig one, there's a part of you that thinks, okay, maybe he's in on the joke, but there's an earnestness to how bad Janelle mm-hmm. Monet's is where it's like, okay, she's really trying. Like, this is someone, she's <laughs> trying to win an Oscar with this horrible accent. Like, she really <laughs> thinks this is good. Like, Daniel Craig, I'm not sure. I'm like, is he just taking the piss out of this role? Like, he doesn't take it seriously? Or is he being earnest? I don't fully know. But yeah, Janelle Monet, it looks like she's really, really trying to take this role very seriously. And it's very disturbing. You know, you know what is weird to me about this movie, and I saw them both back to back. I so I didn't have any time to let them marinate between movies. I just watched one, then the other. Um, Knives Out and his sequel, Glass Onion, a yeah. Knives Out mystery. <laughs> <laughs> and, Glass and, Onion and Knives Out say... mystery is is maybe a worse title than the other worst title this year, Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania. Uh, we are in a, a heyday for for horrible film titles. I feel like he can't call it. Knives Out 2, Glass Onion, which would have uh, been a little more efficient because if you start numbering them, 
it's going to look re- like it's a sign that he's planning to milk the hell out of this. Like he doesn't want to put a number on it because then he'll be knives out ten. Also, Agatha Christie, like if you're doing these movies, you don't have to put the the title in each one. You know what I mean? Like I like yeah. I actually do like the Kenneth Branagh uh, Agatha Christie movies, even though I there could be an argument made for why they're bad. I kind of find them fun. They didn't call it Death on the Nile, a murder on the Orient Express mystery. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. like, just call it fucking Glass Onion. Like that's what Agatha Christie did. But that's my problem with him. He's doing it because. He wants to make it into an IP umbrella or whatever. But if you look at the um, David Sims interview, and this is what I can't stand about him, is that he thinks, like, like Zack Snyder knows what he is, whether you like him sure. or not. I'm not particularly a huge fan, but as time goes on, I actually appreciate him because I'm like, okay, this guy at least has his own vision, uh-huh. even if I don't particularly like it, whereas the sameness of... Um, Everything with the Rick and Morty slash MCU slash um, Bojack Horseman kind of feel is just driving me nuts with the constant Mm -hmm. jokes and the Neil deGrasse Tyson level of science fiction that they have. The cutie, the cutie, the the cutie pie way of speaking and acting. Yeah. Yeah. The the total preciousness of it it all. Like, you know, at least... uh, Zack Snyder has his own, he's somebody has has his own vision and stays true to it, right? And I feel like Ryan Johnson is um in that, but you know, what's crazy is that he thinks he's a guy that does genre and IP stuff who acts like he's too good for it, but he's not. Mm-hmm. And he's making it for an audience that also thinks it's too good for it and it's not. Like like you're totally the audience for <laughs> That's right. That's right shit. actually. That's a good way to put it. Last Jedi is the Star Wars for people who think they're too good for Star Wars. Exactly. You know, Glass Onion, a knives out mystery. <laughs> it's funny every time. Uh fame famed Southern detective Benoit Blanc <laughs> travels to Greece uh-huh. for his latest case. Uh, directed by Ryan Johnson, written by Ryan Johnson, starring Daniel Craig as Benoit Blanc, Edward Norton as Miles Braun. Star-studded. Man- Janelle Monet as Andy Brand, Catherine Hahn as Claire DeBella, Leslie Oden Jr. as Lionel Toussaint. I don't know why that name is in this movie at all. Uh, Kate Hudson as Birdie J. and Dave Batista, Big Dave, as Duke Cody. Mm-hmm. By the way, I just want to start by saying these are horrible character names, but let's go yeah. ahead. Yes. Did no one famous would be named Birdie J. And also, by the way, the Birdie J character, we'll get into it as we go. I didn't have any sense of what her deal was. Like, yes. I'm like, is she like a pop star? I thought she was like a pop star or an actress. It turns out she's like a sweatpants magnate of some <laughs> kind, but whatever. Which Kate Hudson actually is in real life, by the way. <laughs> she, but, she really does but, have like her own little line going. I think she's supposed to be dumb, but how do you own a fashion company and not know what a sweatshop is? Like he wanted that joke so bad. <laughs> oh, 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 we'll we'll get into that later. I actually yeah. think it's even it's even worse than it being the joke. It like undercuts any kind of themes of criticizing the wealthy. That which people we'll get into that later. But uh, the reason I want to start with Batista is where this movie started to lose me, which was in like the opening minutes, is that you know first of all it's just him like post it, the script felt like his draft replies, you know, it felt like he's trying to give us the, it's very, very online, but in the Mm -hmm. way that like a rich, bad poster is online, like Hillary guy is online. It's like a very shallow representation of what online is. And it starts with that Duke character, the Manosphere character who seems, that seems like a brilliant idea. Having Dave Batista be like a fucking Andrew Tate guy. They don't give even 30 seconds of material out of it before he's telling some really goofy joke about his mom pulling his ear or whatever. Yeah. And yeah. that that is the like, and basically that's about the extent of what they do with that idea for the character like he really is not that guy even when they get to the island like it's a one-off television joke that it's like andrew tate like lives with his mom dude and he's like his mom is like really he like he's a mama's boy and then we never explore anything further with that character problem that makes no sense to me with that and this is a problem i had with um when they were trying to do uh jordan peterson in um that other movie what's it what's it called um, um oh, don't worry, darling. Don't, don't, yeah, don't worry, don't worry, darling. darling. Yeah. 
And don't and don't worry. Oh, darling. that's a Jordan Peterson one. Oh, for oh, real? Yeah. Oh, it's funny as fuck, Leslie. You gotta watch oh, it. Oh, I did. I know that. It. I did that. Know. You know the remake of the craft. The villain is actually like a Jordan Peterson type, but it's actually not that bad. It's actually not that. It was actually fought fairly well executed. Don't but I worry, guess, darling. Uh, might be the funniest movie of 2022. Yeah, it's it's really it's really hilarious. Like to bring it back to this. Uh, don't worry, darling. And this is like a big kind of shitlib problem is I want uh, being a centrist NPR tote bag type of liberal means that I don't even want to give this person the decency of hearing what they have to say. Uh, It'll poison my ears. I don't want to give them the clicks or whatever. I'm just going to rely on tweets and I'm going to rely on Trevor Noah and Jon Stewart to tell me why this person's bad, you know? So now you want to make a whole movie parodying this person and you you don't know anything about yeah. them, but you clearly still don't want to actually watch. So he clearly has never seen an Andrew Tate video at all, except maybe 30 seconds. He probably just saw tweets calling Andrew Tate a man baby. And he's like, I can figure yes. out what this guy's about. You know, I, I could just, I could just <laughs> and, and that was the same problem with the Jordan Peterson. Like she could not think of a single thing about Mr. Jordan Peterson. Um, appealing but to parody and satirize something you have to know what appeals to people about that person so you can kind of uh debunk it like no one who likes jordan peterson is going to watch don't worry darling and feel stupid or attacked it's going to be like oh this guy's a clown i agree but he's not jordan peterson yeah and that's another thing with the uh birdie character who i mean i could i like i could not figure out what her deal is she's a celebrity who keeps getting canceled but actually she's not a bad person because she's just too dumb to know what she's doing right is bad most of the time so like what is that even what is what is that trying to say thematically like like it seemed like a for me like almost like a right-wing worry about cancel culture because like she's constantly getting canceled even though she's like not really bothering anybody and just she's just really dumb so like what is it saying is like are is this like some kind of fear that ryan johnson has now that he has that you know got that 100 million dollar check for these two movies 100 million dollars to him so keep that in mind when uh figuring out what uh when thinking about you know what this film is trying to say in the themes because i think that might affect it a bit yeah i I do think it feels like a very this is what ryan johnson's friends are worried about kind of thing this is a worry of the wealthy that they could just dumbly post something that makes them lose their sweatpants empire i I think something um with what ryan johnson's going through there too is that aaron sorkin west wing type logic where they don't really have any material analysis about anything. Their big thing about being liberals versus being Republicans is that they're the dumb ones and we're the smart ones. And that makes us more moral. So most of like, you know, the stuff with uh, West Wing, either somebody is evil and dumb or just um, goofy and dumb. And, you know, that's that's their big crime the joy of being a liberal is that you know what words mean you know the latest i mean it's kind of like how um john stewart approached taking down uh conservatives it was always like oh look look at this dumb soundbite and now we're going to talk to an expert who's going to tell us you know the right thing to believe and Mm -hmm. by coincidence it's always going to be the mainstream liberal point so i think to him that is the moral failing the worst moral failing that she can have oh look she's she's dumb she doesn't know why what she said is racist she didn't read ta-nehisi she's Coast well-meaning she didn't... but dumb oh that's, yeah, that's, that's a good point dark. that is dark because especially with the f- sweatpants thing okay so beyonce got busted for uh, with the sweatpants sweatshop thing i should say beyonce got busted and i think a, a few other celebrities have for you know contracting with sweatshops this is a real thing that happened. This movie does pull from reality a bit, but instead of it being that she deliberately did this to make money, it's because she confused. She thought a sweatshop was a place where they made sweatpants. But if she listens to NPR, that is just she, no. coward. That is cowardly shit to yeah. put in your movie. Like, like, what is the point of this? Like. People were saying this movie was very critical of the wealthy. I don't really think so. Yeah. I think it's mostly like critical. Of, it's often it's mostly critical about how the wealthy are treated 
by the mm-hmm. ultra wealthy. Well, except except I think for the Edward Norton character is the one sort of villain, but the rest we are meant to like. We are meant to like the rest of them, and that's like kind of where the flaw of this being a movie that criticizes the wealthy um, comes in, is we're meant to like all these characters and root for them while simultaneously sort of rolling our eyes at how, you know, um, uh, how the wealthy are or whatever. Yeah, but that's what but, I mean, Jack. The, the Elon, the uh, Miles character, he's not just wealthy. He's ultra wealthy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So this, so while Knives Out, you could say that this movie is about how the wealthy mistreat people. Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery, seems much closer to sometimes billionaires mistreat millionaires. <laughs> you know, like that's the commentary. That's really what the movie is about. It's about how a billionaire is fucking over his, you know, poorer millionaire friends and making them kiss his ass. And I just wonder, it's like, mm-hmm. has Ryan Johnson like met Elon Musk? Like, has he I had mean, these Or experiences? honestly, has he, has he met Reed Hastings of Netflix? You know what uh, I mean? Yes. Did he go to Reed Hastings' <laughs> yeah. house and was like, this is kind of interesting. I think these people, like you say, it doesn't criticize the rich, but I think to someone like Ryan Johnson, that is the worst feeling of, of you know the rich that they don't read the right the right things, they don't listen to NPR, you know, and it's like I I feel like um, these are the people that you know when George Floyd happened, uh, they kept circulating reading lists, like like that's the solution to everything, like like you you didn't read the you can read yourself into morality, you can. Um, uh, read and and not, not even books. Like just reading the right tweets will make you a moral person. You know. Yes. Um, and one thing that's weird is that I can't believe this guy is as online as he is because he feels like someone who learned from Twitter by reading like those articles. Like here's what Twitter said about this. So he must follow and curate the most lamest timeline to produce the kind of caricatures. Like, like they must be the most middle of the road. Uh, blue check liberal stale you know like, like i'm sure he has a notification bell for when obama tweets like that that level of bad timeline creation yeah and i've and there's been there's been other media recently where like the joke would be like these people would get really into ta-nehisi coats and try to push it on people but in uh glass onion a knives out mystery like these people would would think that ta-nehisi coats is a type of food or something like that like an entree Mm. like they they're like they're that ignorant and so even when uh benoit blanc is uh reading miles braun the riot act about disruption theory he doesn't say disruption theory is tech bro bullshit he says that miles braun's understanding of disruption theory is a uh, remedial at best so he validates like this certain like completely uh as stupid uh as dumb worldview uh within it. it's just like uh, is not a harsh critique, and it reveals like that he really doesn't know like what the actual problem is with someone like an Elon Musk, which th- this movie got so much fucking credit for being like, oh, this is coming out at this is so timely. How did Ryan Johnson predict the future? How did Ryan Johnson possibly know in 2021 when he was writing this movie that Elon Musk was a fraud and a dumbass? How could he possibly have guessed? Because a, a lot of these liberals uh, love Elon Musk before, you know, they learn more about his views. But but but, but mem- I mean, remember the Simpsons episode? Like, he's the smartest man, mom. You know, and Star Trek, along with the Wright brothers and uh, what's his name, the guy who developed the warp drive. One thing I I was telling somebody about this movie, I was like, it's like an alien came to Earth, and they locked him up in like, you know, a military place and told him for some reason, I don't know why they would do this, but they put a gun to him and said, you need to write a screenplay and you have to write a screenplay <laughs> about a diverse amount of humans. And they put a gun to the alien's head, like, you know, write a screenplay about um, a mystery. And it's like, I've never seen a human before. What do you want from me? And he's like, look at Twitter. If you want to learn about human people. And this is <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's like someone who's never seen oh, a human person yes. and tried to figure out, Okay, what's a black what's a black woman like? Well, okay, Tudor says black women save everybody all the time and are always right. Yes. And people should listen to them. Okay, so let's not write this black woman character. Okay, white women, oh, they're just always saying stupid things. And they're always uh saying messed up things about black women. So yeah, the Harry Tubman line, yeah, Harry Tubman's apparently is important. And he put like it's just someone who just learned 
like who does Brian Johnson know is what I'm wondering. Like there was no sense that he knows a single human being. This is a problem with every Ryan Johnson movie that I have ever seen him write. The characters have absolutely no depth, no life. They don't feel real at all. It feels like he's ha having like a posting conversation with himself yeah. quite often as opposed to actually developing characters with some sort of meaning or some sort of I, it, like none of these characters make it. I mean, like we we gotta get into the plot at some point, but like he missed everything small and instantly dated. Like in Last Jedi with Holdo with the blue hair, and she's such like a resistant. Like you can't imagine a person outside of what you've seen on Twitter or what you saw last week on uh, Talking Head Talking Head News. It 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 would be like the original Star Wars just had like you know some disco guy in there. It's just it's just weird. Oh, oh, dated, uh, dated, Trevor. You mean like playing Among Us in a movie? He opens the movie like solidly setting it during COVID and making a big deal about what it's like during COVID, which actually makes it feel dated today. It makes it feel dated the moment it came out. Actually, it doesn't feel of the moment. It feels of the past already. Um, and then it doesn't have anything to do with the plot. He immediately throws it away. Actually, with a mechanism. That doesn't work. I mean, if Miles Braun is supposed to be a fraud, there's this little joke about how they have a secret COVID cure. And I'm like, so did he make a COVID vaccine like before anyone else had one? But he's also a fraud about this other thing. Goes unmentioned for the rest of the movie. Yeah, they don't pick it gag. up at all. Not throwaway at all. gag. I mean, even someone like being like, hey, so what was that thing we inhaled or whatever later when they find him a fraud? Could have been funny. Um, but it's also just, you know, as far as it being a plot point, it's such a strange and thing and feels so dated. This movie came out in 2022 and it feels so dated and about 2020 um, in a way that actually isn't even necessary for the plot and is immediately thrown away before the plot even begins. Yeah, it's very strange. I, I want to get into the opening, the opening 10 minutes where they're solving the puzzle box. And again, it's quick, these quick cuts between these different characters. We get a very shallow presentation of them or what they're about. It really does, even though I like some of these actors, I, love, I mean, seeing Kate Hudson, she's magical on the screen, but that scene was just dead and nothing. Completely. And like very irritating. I mean, this, this movie starts off just off the bat. So irritating. Yes. Uh, right from minute one. Yeah, very bad lighting throughout the whole thing, I do want to mention. It's not a visually appealing movie to me for the most part. But then there's this puzzle box thing. And as soon as I see this puzzle bo box thing, I know, oh, he sent those to reviewers. That's why that's in this bah, movie. Because ha, ha, he, he ha. sent this to critics. They sent that, and they actually did. They actually sent the puzzle wow. boxes to people. Uh, so transparent, obvious. And they spend 10 minutes, literally 10 minutes, uh, solving this puzzle box. But aha, you, you fools, you thought this puzzle box that the care, all the characters that you've met in the world so far are taking seriously and trying to solve is actually a bunch of stupid bullshit. Because Janelle Monet, the black woman, comes and just hammers that son of a bitch open. And that's like, and, but you spent 10 minutes of the movie showing us the puzzle box not revealing much about the characters you made it seem important i only thought it was important because you acted like it was important but now but after that we're supposed to think that ryan johnson is brilliant because and this is a lot of people who like the movie say this about the themes it's actually showing it's a subversion of the mystery saying oh uh miles is so shallow is the fact that the puzzle box is just a bunch of children's games shows that Miles is stupid. And I'm like, okay, why do I care about the world's greatest detective in a battle of wits with someone who is stupid? Well, because I mean, this is the Ryan thing is like he this subversion idea is, is, you know, what he does with a lot of his movies. And I am a little bored of it i actually think it's harder to satisfyingly do a story uh, that doesn't subvert all the tropes and in fact i think it's kind of a shortcut to just do nothing but subvert tropes all the time and have people think that that's brilliant for some reason i'm like it's it's just one tool in the tool bag and he seems to be going to it over and over and over again yeah and the zoom call which is another thing that dates the movie with 
the most random collection of people. At first, I was trying to, I was thinking, oh, maybe these are all other famous detectives, you know, and maybe that would be something a little cute. But no, there is Steven Sondheim, Natasha Lenard, who is only in this because it's like a that you that's like a backdoor promotion for Ryan's next project. I think it's already out. He's uh, he made a streaming series with her. That's the only reason she's that in it. Is so weird that he's on the bathtub in the bathtub with Natasha. Leone playing Among Us like this is too fucking self-referential that is so annoying honestly that's just annoying and this is the last on-screen performance performance of both Cheese uh, and oh Murder She Wrote Angela Lansbury this is the last time she appears that's on screen dark. I didn't think about that that's really dark and you do know that it's not the first time Ryan Johnson has done it The Last Jedi Carrie Fisher's last uh-huh. appearance God on damn. screen and um, Christopher Plummer, Knives well, this, Out. This is the no. <laughs> actually the last film performance. Even though Knives Out came out before All the Money in the World, it actually was his last on-screen performance. I'm not saying that. Right. I'm yeah, not. Yeah, you're you're not saying that. Let's not say that. We gotta. But, what I what I will say is we gotta stop letting old people be in Ryan Johnson movies. It's just bad yes. juju, is what it is. If nothing else, just to be safe. Just to be yeah, safe. Just to be till we figure this whole thing out. Yeah, I'm going to say something about what you said about the subversion and doing nothing but subversion. I think what he does is worse because he does fake subversion. Like, he's not even doing real subversion, right? Because Mm -hmm. this is what I realized about him, and I realized it especially with the last two movies. He is somebody, and this is what I mean when I say he thinks he's too good for the genre, but he's really not. What he does is he does some fake token subversion so that, you know, smug people can feel like, oh, wow, like, you know, I'm too good for this, just like him. But then he delivers you the exact typical genre version of the thing. So, for example, you have Luke Skywalker. He throws away the lightsaber, and he's like, you know, I'm not doing this anymore. I just want to die. But, you know, at the end, what does he do? He shows up as a cavalry at the end, and, you know, he's Luke Skywalker doing a lightsaber fight. Okay, so what was the point? You know? Um, uh, Right. well, yeah, he's subverting the subversion he yeah, did earlier yeah, in the movie. He just does that over <laughs> and over again. Uh, oh, the uh, the Jedi must die. Then what's the last scene? Oh, a new kid becoming a Jedi. Okay, so the Jedi don't have to die, you know. Um, oh, <laughs> kill, the, kill the past, destroy it if you must. And also, by the way, um, Yoda's going to rain fire on the Jedi library. But then five minutes later when, when he's leaving, uh, what's hidden in Rey's um, ship? A bunch of Jedi books. So she actually did save. So I'm like, okay, wait a minute. So what do you believe? Do you believe that the Jedi are dumb? You know, uh, oh, uh, the Jedi's big, big problem that they just believed in black and white and the world is more gray, which first off is bullshit because the whole point of the original six movies is realizing that um, they, they already realized he rediscovered what George Lucas' whole point was, you know? And, the whole reason the Jedi um, fell in the prequel trilogy was because they had the hubris to believe in black and white and whatever. The whole point of what Luke did was to find a way to merge the middle. So he's there like lecturing George Lucas about uh, something that he, George Lucas' whole six movies were about, you, you know? Did. But then at the end of the movie, yeah. what does he do? The good and evil does matter. Because, you know, they come in and they kill the bad guys and, and well, not kill the bad guys, but they, they fight the bad guys. It's just a typical good versus evil fight, uh, you know, ram the ship. So it's like, if you believe that there's no good and evil, that's the big feeling of the Jedi and everything should be gray, then have some kind of gray resolution. But you just end it with the same good or evil. Yes, Luke saying, oh, the force is about more than just lifting rocks and whatever. Oh, that's a pretty good dig at, you know how simplistic George Lucas conceived the forest. How does Ray save the day in the end? She lifts more rocks than Luke ever did. She lifts like a whole battalion of rocks. Like, <laughs> you know, um, the first Knives Out movie, the subversion to me in the beginning was, oh, so you think this is a typical whodunit where, you know, this is a mystery, you got to figure out who did it. Well, look, I'm telling you who did it first, you know, and you don't even know what the mystery is at first because that's what happens when the first night was out. Like, you're like, okay, wait a minute. If we already know who killed the girl and it was a helpless accident, it wasn't even a murder like Columbo, 
then what's even the mystery I'm supposed to solve? The first hour, you don't even know what the mystery is. Oh, that's pretty subversive. But then at the end, oh, guess what? It wasn't who done it. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, the mystery is uh, hiding the plot from yeah. the audience, basically. <laughs> it's like if you can hide the character, if you hide stuff, that's even more of a mystery than actually telling the mystery story. Yeah, mystery box. That's mystery box. Exactly. Uh, just like J.J. Abrams, Ryan Johnson, same school of writing, I feel. Law and Order, Criminal Intent. Every episode, they show you the killer at the beginning. Yep. Every single episode. This is a TV, a network TV show from 15, 20 years ago. It's not a new thing to do. Uh, and I don't, and a lot of the, the problem is that these subversions don't work and are like sometimes textbook bad storytelling. Did I miss For subversions? Example, he just does the same to... thing anyway. Like after all that, what does he do? Yeah. The last hour is a typical. Yeah, he... Uh, who done it with the detective? Why don't you just do that from the beginning? Why don't you give me this whole fake first hour that's going to be something different? Just do it. He always does that. Yeah, and so with Glass Onion, I don't think it's a surprise to anybody that Miles Braun is the bad guy in this, except for people who think that billionaires actually are geniuses. I was shocked when I got to the twist of the movie, yeah. which is not who the, who the murderer is. The actual twist, the actual mystery solved in this movie is that a billionaire can be stupid. Yeah. That is the right, big right. block moment. It's That's not true, him explaining yeah. the killing. It's the him mystery explaining is, yeah, Elon Musk, the guy whose car you own, might not be smart. Uh, that's the message to knives to glass onion and knives out mystery uh, viewers. So much of this plot makes no sense because, like, okay, if you're if you killed yes uh, Janelle Monet yourself, why do you send her the invite? Okay, so maybe she's saying maybe said the invite maybe said the invite as a yes. decoy so that when she shows up dead, he could say, oh yeah. Um, I sent her an invite. Why would I send her an invite if I killed her? Like you know, maybe maybe he did that. Okay, whatever. But next thing, if you're Benoit Blanc, why would you be like, I think you should show up to the to the island and just play, you know, and just, you know, play uh, whatever. I, I, we need to lead the police out of this one. We should go to his private island by us, ourselves, without any weapons. See, I'm not Batman. I can't protect you. And in fact, that comes back later because he literally fucking shoots yeah. her. And if she had died, it would have been Ben Blank's fault. And that movie would be more interesting. But ryan johnson doesn't there's no real stakes or consequences or meat on the bones here so even that like nothing like they are able to quote unquote solve this mystery without any well really shedding any blood none of the real good guys getting their hands dirty and it ends up being much neater and more ta uh wrapped up than an episode but of the same law thing and happens order would be with the first movie because the magical uh minority saint in that one because because he thinks of minorities the way a typical like white liberal does where it's like hey all these white people are horrible but in each movie i'm gonna have the perfect minority that's gonna show a how my political enemies are bad but also it's gonna sh virtue signal how good i am so there's the sainted uh immigrant girl in the first <laughs> one and there's the magic black woman in this one you know she's the magical negro in this one well, technically, there's two. Oh, there are actually two, and, it's, and it makes yeah, no sure. sense because the if the because if the yeah because if the point of the movie is that okay these disruptors that are working for Miles they're all pieces of shit why are we supposed to feel care or feel sorry for Helen like I spent the whole movie thinking like why am I supposed to be rooting for her she's an asshole just like all of them like it the, and then you bring also bring in andy and of course she is just a public school teacher who's just caught up in all this but she's so brave and heroic instead of calling the police she goes <laughs> to detective foghorn leghorn does not <laughs> notify the police that her sister is dead just goes to detective foghorn leghorn and is like well I'll, I'll, actually i take that back they said that uh she hadn't put out a press release that she was but, dead yet so that's why <laughs> no one knew i did don't want to don't want to get uh, in any of mind, that intricate uh, uh, Helen wasn't bad. That's how that's how deaths are are typically found out. By the way, that's not, it's not because of like police yeah. reports uh, that get reported on when it's a super famous person. It's because of a press release put out by the sister, but, uh, and otherwise in, people uh, never know. In the first in the first movie, they had the same thing where like Benoit Blanc basically failed his magical minorities twice because the first one Chris 
Evans basically just stabs her in plain sight of him, three feet, and he's just like, "No!" And and yes. why didn't she die? <laughs> why didn't she die? Because um, it's it's a stupid gimmicky knife. Oh, subversion! It's a it's a it's a toy knife. And in this one, mm-hmm. uh, the magical minority gets shot in front of him, and he's like, "No!" And what happened? It's a stupid journal, which is not going to stop a bullet. First of all, that that doesn't work that way. So I'm like, this guy's useless. And it's such a trope. It's a huge, is a huge trope that you see all the time in movies. This movie can't make fun of tropes when it is using them right. for essential plot points. So let's say he sent her the box as a, um, you know, distraction. And then um, I say, I say, you know, um, Yosemite Sam, whatever his name uh, <laughs> is, goes and comes up with this idea. Okay, if you think a murderer is on this island, right? It's a it's a island that's secluded with a billionaire and a bunch of people that he has dirt on that he's blackmailing who will do anything for him to the point of perjuring themselves. Uh that's how indebted they are. Here's my big plan. We're gonna go and one of these people is gonna be the person who murdered you. We're gonna be isolated. They're all gonna be a team of the richest, most um connected people on earth. Um, and we're just going to be by ourselves on this secluded island with, um, these criminal nefarious people with limitless resources. And when you show up, it's going to be fine. Um, the murderer is just going to keep quiet. Like if you have a murderer on the, if you have a murderer <laughs> on the island and you show up with the victim that they just killed, what's, what's the plan there? What's, what's going to happen? Like, like what do you think was going to happen when they showed up with, with the, um, murder victim alive it made no sense to me with the murder victim alive and the world's greatest detective and miles braun who is the killer by the way obviously does nothing with this information doesn't say get the fuck off my island like you should he shows up as private island and you don't send him away in fact you invite him to your murder mystery party and then you spontaneously by the way decide to murder someone in full view of the world's greatest detective who is already on your island because you already murdered someone else. You know that Helen has a twin sister, I would assume, if you were friends for that long. Like, do you yeah, not know what's bizarre. up? Why aren't yeah. you calling up the fuck? And even past that, the evidence, and they've shown this in the movie, the evidence that the only evidence that they have to prove that he killed her is conveniently left out in the open. And the only explanation is that, well, the point of the movie is that he, the killer is dumb, so he would do dumb things. Yeah. That is okay. the shittiest, laziest but, writing But also, if you don't even know who killed the person you're impersonating, you don't know how to talk to them. So she's there talking to every single one of these people as Helen. And for all she knows, one who could be the person. So yes. you're trying to hide yourself and learn all this stuff about Helen from her journal so you can play it off. But meanwhile, the most important thing, who fucking killed Helen? You don't know. So what's the point of me knowing everything about my friendship or whatever with you when there might be a final interaction between us, which is you fucking killed me. And that's the... Oh, that's just a minor piece of information that I don't know. I don't know when I'm trying to fool you. Like it's, it's just. I mean, is the idea that they thought that the person was just gonna um, be like, "Oh my God, I killed you!" You know, when she came off the boat or something. Was that was that their their hope? It, was, it makes no sense. And there are those scenes. Maybe I'm wrong, but aren't those scenes where Miles is kind of talking to her, kind of alone, and and the or did that not happen? I don't know. It just seems weird to me. They're they're not they're. Ne- they're not alone. They do have conversations, but he's never alone with her. And he does give some a, re- a reaction when she comes off the post. I'm sure you've seen the picture posted a bunch of times. This is the brilliance of Ryan Johnson. He had uh, the he had Edward Norton look mildly surprised in one scene, and I guess that justifies the whole thing. And this, I, I and I, I don't. We only have a couple minutes left, but I do. I, there's a few points I just want, have to get in here. This all this the story of the movie is actually revealed in a forty minute flashback where they are just telling you everything that happened in order 
and they solve the crime and all the characters in real time are just sitting there while this 40 minute you know flashback takes place exp- and solves the both mysteries introduces a new murder solves the first murder of batista that we just saw and then solves the next murder immediately that's just bad storytelling there's no going along with this mystery unless you watch it a second time uh there's no like there you you won't be able to guess it and this and the reason you can't guess it is one of the corniest things imaginable a secret twin yeah yeah and how is that not a not a uh, stupid convention or trope but it's okay because he said certain several times this is dumb and that's supposed to be a wink at you know the movie's dumb but if you're doing something dumb knowingly it's still something dumb but they cheat too i'll tell you like how they cheat like i actually have to rewind to see like did i see this right so for example there's a scene that you're supposed to think is chris batista Batista, dave batista getting mad that he's getting cucked right and in the scene, um, Benoit Blanc sticks his head out from behind a tree and peeks at him, then, then dips back. But then in the flashback version, Benoit Blanc and uh, Janelle Monet both stick their heads out, right? And it's the exact same shot, the exact same angle. So you you didn't fool the audience because... You're showing two different shots, if that makes sense. Like, um, you can't, like, have the same scene twice, but add a detail that wasn't there the first time, because then that's not a good fooling. That's not a good... Um, what should be happening is that there should be a way that people could figure out that Janelle Monet was there and whatever, but you did some kind of um, misdirection or whatever, but he just straight up had it one way. Benoit Blanc Forks his head out alone. Second scene, exact same angle, whatever. But this time, both of them stick their head out. So now you know the two of them are working together. And it's like, okay, that's that's a cheat. There's no way I can figure out you're working together if you just shoot two different versions of the scene. And one of them is a blatant fabrication. So, so the first scene was basically a lie. Yeah, cheat is the perfect word. There's another cheat that I know is specifically with B- Batista's character. He mentions early on that he almost got pancaked by Miles, right? He almost got wrecked by Miles. And that was the night that um, Helen got murdered and he got pancaked by her because almost got pancaked because Miles was leaving her house. And when Helen at undercover as Andy is going around trying to find out information about uh, this, uh, about, you know, her sister's death and specifically asking who was there the night she was killed he mentions getting pen pancake but doesn't mention that it was miles who did it and yes. that is such an obvious cheat he obviously was yeah miles was there before any of us yeah he, we but you didn't uh knock he was he was the first one that went there because he's trying to convince her that they all care about her so of course he would say miles was there before anybody else but they don't do that and that's such an obvious and also why wouldn't he just blackmail yeah. miles back with that like he's trying to do all this stuff to get the um show including like uh pimping out his girlfriend and supposedly miles is all this dirt on them when they need him but okay i got you for murder like that should be something yeah well trevor here's the thing so people who who people are saying that that is what happened when batista showed him the phone about andy uh being found uh dead that he was batista was trying to block but the dialogue that he says makes no sense uh, doesn't imply that at all he said you see these numbers like it's almost like they added that the actual screen mm. in post-production about, and but they didn't reshoot with batista because what he says literally makes no sense he says look do you see these numbers now uh, do you think we can talk uh, oh, oh, alpha oh, news oh, oh, or whatever you want to do okay, I'll give him a Which, okay. i guess he's trying to give a code without the rest of them knowing you know so so but it, well, uh, i think when you, uh, it I, it really doesn't make when you watch like he's not that smart he's the point is duke is a dumb guy uh-huh, he uh-huh. has no reaction to learning that the woman he's just been talking to and cursed out he was the one who told her to fuck off is actually dead and he has no reaction he's not surprised he wouldn't scream he jumps, out he jumps straight shit. to blackmailing but doesn't even seem to question okay so wait a minute why is she here if if, if anything if anything if yeah. i saw somebody right in front of me and then that thing came out my first thought would be the article's wrong 
but his first thought is, oh, she's clearly yeah. really. They think you're dead. Isn't that funny? That's what that was. What his genuine reaction would be, <laughs> not immediately <laughs> moving. So, so, so that makes him smart. That makes him very smart. Then that makes him that he somehow jumped to the real. Yeah, he figured it out before <laughs> yeah. Blank. Yeah. Like, how would he know that then it was Miles who did it? He yeah. doesn't know when she died. If she died while they were on the, because it's been like a week. So there was no reason for him to assume that she, it does makes makes no real sense he's the that he would put the in the world together. We found out he's 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 a second. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's nothing with him, right? But when he first showed his mom, yeah. I thought, okay, so he's he's a fake he's a fake success. He must have like a few followers. But then they reveal, oh, he's the biggest Twitch streamer in the world. All these endorsements. Yeah, they made him the so, biggest so, so, Twitch so, so, streamer. So, 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 why is it lame? Well, also, by the way, I, I felt yeah. uh, that that really rang okay, false. So it really rang false to me when he was like, he made all these people success. And then it was like, and then he also put him <laughs> on Twitch and he was on Twitch and became a big success. I'm like, okay, sure. If you're the biggest Twitch streamer in the world, you've got bank. So he's, he has to pay for that house. So he's a, so basically he's, he's a nice guy who takes care of his mother. That, that's the... He, he's looking out for his mom. Yeah, he's yeah. taking care of his mom in a in a in a way that's not yeah, toxically masculine. Wow, what a jerk! Yeah, and speaking of, you know, Duke Duke does get yeah Duke gets <laughs> killed here. In a, a first of all, if you if you're allergic to pineapple, even if you're severely allergic, you do not yeah. die like that that fast. You would literally you would have time you to get an epipen, whatever. But I, I'm I can I can overlook that if this were a better movie, so I won't rag on that. But I cannot let go of the fact that Miles Braun, and again, the only ex- uh, response to this will be, well, he's supposed to be dumb, but he's, Batista blackmails him, right? And his first instinct isn't to, all right, I guess I better give him, I don't even think that was blackmail. I don't think that was blackmail. I think they tried to do some post-production, but I'll, I'll let that slide. Batista tries to blackmail him. And his first response is to attempt to murder him right in front of the world's oh, greatest right. detective, even though he's <laughs> on his, he has him on his own private island. He could do anything he wanted with any of these people, and instead he just does. He just tries to commit a murder right out in the open. Doesn't wait. Doesn't knock on his door later, or even just doesn't give him what he wants. Like, what difference does it fucking also, by, make to him? By, if by he handing gives him, a, by handing him mm. the drink in front of everyone, we later yes. find out it's not even that he switches the drinks. It's like it's also that that's another cheat. By the way, is we see multiple times that he put down the drink and then he picked it up, and then later we're like, but that's not how it happened. I'm like, okay, well, cool. So you fucking lied yeah, through the movie. Yeah, You've been lying. Yeah, they the show movie one way the, the first time. time. Then when you do the reveal, they're like, oh, actually the way we showed it to you the first time that's not what happened uh, and then it showed the glass uh being switched and it's like okay that's just crazy it, oh, fine, okay whatever <laughs> if, if, if you if you watch it, it the first time they do do it they do, he does hand it to him but it like doesn't but when you look at it it's like it doesn't make sense like how i don't know like you have to be like slide a hand person to be able to successfully I don't know. But then I'm also like, want... but I'm like, but I'm like, so he did convince everyone later that he put down the drink or whatever. But like you're saying, he also handed a guy a poisoned drink in front of the world's greatest detective and thought he'd get away with it. it but I guess it, he's just that dumb. It, and it's actually it, it, a subversion somehow, of all a, these drugs. A promising thing in both movies is he doesn't seem to understand autopsy reports, you know, because he, 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 he has murders in both cases that will be undone by an autopsy report. So, so with this one, they would do an autopsy support report to see why he dies, and then they'd say that it was the pineapple and the whatever. So combine that with what you just said about you know giving the drink in front of everybody, you know what I mean? And he's poisoned like by um, pineapple. He's like a port of pineapple himself. So something, it's just it's just really really bizarre thinking. But then but then they're they're out like you said yeah, is silly. oh but he's dumb. But 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 but, but yeah you yeah. Also, uh, you'd also, by the way, yeah, smell. You'd exactly, also smell exactly. pineapple <laughs> if you smelled the oh, drink. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I forgotten about that. Yeah, we're supposed to think it was poison, but aha, uh-huh, it was actually pineapple, which Batista conveniently is severely allergic to, and he tell and he does mention it earlier on in the movie. But it's like, why would you? Ca- what difference does that make? Why would you care? Like people think that oh, that foreshadows how he was killed. But why he no. was killed doesn't make any fucking sense, and I don't know who the character is, so I don't care that he was killed. Like just have just having you know the dots, uh, the, just having like when you go back and watch the scene of the spying, you actually do see a, like a phone 
drop all in the background in the purse. But like, we didn't know what the plot of the movie was at that point. We didn't know anybody was murdered. So why would we even like notice or care that like in the background, a little recording device is being dropped? Because we don't know anything that has gone down yet. I think it's a good quote to end on because it sums up everything I can't stand about Ryan Johnson and his cake and eat it too. Too good for genre, but you know, still does the, all the tropes anyway. Mindset. Uh, Sims says, when you wrote Knives Out initially, you just made a Star Wars movie. You had made episode eight in a series that will probably never end. Were you craving to get away from that? Or did you immediately have the thought that you could do a bunch of Benoit Blanc mysteries? And he doesn't even really answer the question. He goes, look, in terms of the Star Wars movie I did, I tried to give it a hell of an ending. I love endings so much that even during the middle chapter of the trilogy, I tried to give it an ending. A good ending that recontextualizes everything that came before it and makes it a beautiful object unto itself. That's what makes a movie a movie. I feel like there's less and less of that. This whole poisonous idea of creating intellectual property has completely seeped into the bedrock of storytelling. Everyone is just thinking, <laughs> how do we keep milking it? I love an ending where you burn the Viking boat into the sea. And, and I'm like, okay, if you're so above intellectual property, don't take the fucking Star Wars job. Uh, if, you, if you think every movie should have... Yes. And also, and also don't make another yeah, that, that, Knives that, Out. That's what Chris Sims asked him. Chris Sims asked him, um, did you immediately have the thought that you could do a bunch of Benoit Black mysteries? And he never actually right. answers um, whether he plans to make... And, and you're absolutely right. The fact that he doesn't want to call this Knives Out too, to me, is proof he plans to do a lot of these. You know, and, and numbering it is going to mess up, you know, if you're going to have a lot of them. You know what I mean? Uh, so he's such like a hypocrite. Like, you don't do Star Wars if, if, if you're above IP. And you don't create what's blatantly planned to be a new IP if you hate IP so much. Like, just if, if you really are so above this, do something else. Also, also by the way... Don't make an ending if you're making the second movie in a planned trilogy. That's such that's an just asshole fucking move. goofy. Yeah, that's just don't, an asshole move. Don't try to close the door completely and be like, I burned the Viking boat if there's guaranteed going to be another movie. That's just like being a dick to the next director. Like That's like we talked about how Star Wars was one of these, what is it called, uh, an exquisite monster or whatever, like yeah. when people write a story and then someone takes the next page. That's like on your exquisite monster page saying, the end. And then knowing someone else has to start from the next That's page. That's so arrogant. Like, like he's just such an arrogant, like, yeah. selfish guy. I, I, I can't believe he would do that and then act like he's doing it for your own good. Like, you know, because yeah, everyone was funny. talking about... And then also to yeah. act like people... And then also, like, th that people didn't like that it was, like, an ending movie in the middle of a trilogy and people thought that was a bad thing to, like, sort of be shitty about that i'm like sorry like you made the second act have an ending and that is unfortunately just bad storytelling but i don't even want to belabor last jedi because it does barely even matters anymore um but yes yeah, i do yeah. think he's I'm, arrogant and a weird guy uh, yeah i mean the, the, the reason i brought that up was because uh the hypocrisy of making a new knives out clear ip yourself it's just, it's just a symptomatic thing of him that he wants to pretend he's better than, than, than why he is. He could make something brand new that's not derivative of anything if he's as smart as he wants to constantly tell us he is. Mm -hmm. But he's afraid to. He's afraid to do something that's not subverting something else and then recommitting to the same tropes to that thing that he, he's above. Like, make a whole new space movie that will blow our minds and will not be like anything, you know, in, in, instead of just being a backseat driver to someone else's vision and still using all their tropes like you know if you think you're above the murder mystery then make something that totally like, blows our mind you know and he he does a he does a head fake that he's gonna do that like like the first hour of the first knives out you know like because i was thinking okay it's interesting it's not a whodunit it's not really a how catch him like columbo because this person not even a real murderer you know like like not only do we know the person who did it the person who did it's not even a murderer or a bad person i really want to know how he's gonna wrap this up. I don't even know what the mystery even is I'm supposed to be trying to solve, you know? And then, sure enough, oh, yeah, so it's a whodunit. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm just doing it with the same thing, Gag the Chris, and not as good, you know? Uh, yeah, it's just, <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's crazy. He, he uh, that, that, I don't know, that answer just, 
totally sums up every time i think maybe i'm being too hard on the guy he says something so obnoxious that makes you think okay i wasn't being hard enough (laughs) well folks that was struggle session thank you so much for joining us today check the show notes to find out where to find trevor peace bye Like what you hear? Want to hear more? Check us out at patreon.com slash struggle session or sesh.plus or struggle session.substack.com for all our public episodes, commercial free, as well as hundreds of bonus episodes. Thank you to all our listeners for holding us down five years strong.